Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Talking about chicken a la king Mango and garbanzo tabbouleh Little potatoes and vegetables With roasted garlic and basil Zucchini ziti Granola fruit bar Look at all this beautiful food Guys, welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds, but all I care about is what is in their fridge. My guest today, a fantastic actor. He works extensively in uh, Canadian stuff for decades, including the hit show Orphan Black. But he's finally, finally landed, as he calls it, a real American show. You can see (laughs) him play Giannis on The Recruit on Netflix. Please welcome Christian Brun. Thank you for having me. Also, Dan, you're the first person who has ever pronounced my character's name correctly from the recruit. Really? What? Giannis is correct. Everybody, even everybody on set, even people like in the show with me never knew. They were like, Janice, Janus, Yanis. Like they just couldn't get it right no matter what. Yeah. Yanis is a Greek porn star who I follow. And I would prefer to be called Yanis. I think that's just... You picture like the most glorious Greek butthole. Yeah. It's it's, it's a good picture for your mind for a food show. Yeah. yeah. Before we get into your butthole, uh, we're going to get into your fridge. <laughs> okay, fine. Sure. You guys can see uh, Christian's fridge on my Instagram at standupdan. Let's look at this fridge. This is probably one of the saddest fridges that we've had <laughs> on Green Eggs and Dan. We've had so many fridges. This is absolutely, you know, I was so excited, you know, so truth be told, this is the first time Christian and I are meeting. Yeah. Uh, And I was very excited. A, I've seen you on interviews. It's like, oh, this guy's cool. He's down. But also I was like, I'm so excited to have a Canadian because Canadian food culture is so interesting to me. We don't have food culture. Come on, Dan. Wait, that is not true. Okay. Montreal. I know you're. Okay. That's Quebecois. That's different. They've got their own culture. Is Toronto not Quebecois? Oh my You're god. In Hanging up, leaving. Wait, are you not in Quebec? No, we're in Ontario. Nah. The largest city in Fake news. Fake news. Oh my god. God damn it. Okay. This is not that sad. It's just clean. It's organized. What are you talking about? This is like all you have is things in jars. You just <laughs> it's the stuff that's supposed to go in your door, like the condiment. I ran out of room. I have a lot of sauces. All of the rows of your fridge just have spread out sauces. Okay, let's start with the top row. Okay. You have something called okay, you went to Trader Joe's. Are you guys big Trader Joe's people in Canada? I'm in LA, Dan. I'm down here now. We don't have Trader Joe's Trader Joe's in Canada. That's why I'm like into it here. I have one near me that I can walk to so I don't have to use a car and the chaotic parking lot that's at every single Trader Joe's. Yes. I can walk to mine, which is glorious. And so I have a lot of Trader Joe's products. So I'm a big fan of Trader Joe's products. Uh, But again, you just have like the condiments, the Trader Joe's condiments. And that's like your whole life, it seems. There's, for example, cracked olive salad. I've never seen this. Is that like a tapenade? That's like a tapenade. Yeah. That's almost like 
it would go well in a hoagie. Okay. It would go well, like, you know, with a traditional East Coast hoagie or something like that, or on a cracker for a quick snack. And then you have a bottle of horseradish? Yeah, that's that's some creamed horseradish. Oh, man. That was left over from Christmas, okay? Look, my family came down from Canada. My, my, my mom and my sister came down, and we rented a house in Santa Inez Valley for Christmas, and we cooked a lot, and we did a big roast one night. And so we needed horseradish. I'm not even a huge horseradish fan. That thing will sit back there for... It's going to start its own ecosystem. Absolutely. Okay, we got olives. We got some uh, sausage, some sausages. The sad thing is, I wish it was as nice as sausages. Those are like Costco all beef grass-fed hot dogs. Okay. And I don't even eat hot dogs. Like, I don't really try to eat processed meat too much, but Mm. I just, I was weak and hungry when I was shopping at Costco. I grabbed it. They're vacuum sealed. They're not going bad. You don't want to be hungry when you're shopping at Costco because you're going to bring in over three like buckets of mayonnaise. It's bad news. I don't have that much room. I mean, I do in my fridge, clearly, but continue. Okay, this stuff grosses me out, but I know a lot of people are down with it. The egg whites in a in a carton. Yeah, I hate it. The only reason why I have it is because if I want to eat eggs, I'm trying to keep my I'm 43. I got to keep my cholesterol down. My doctor's Mm -hmm. like, you know, you got to eat better. And I was like, okay, I made a bunch of changes a year ago. And that have been very good. And I've been working, but I need to use liquid egg whites. If I want to have like eggs or some protein in the morning or after a workout or something like that. We get it. You work out. Okay. You probably can't tell. But here, let me get (sighs) Uh, Christian is I think flexing is the word. I'm, I'm trying sure. to, and I think the zoom camera lens is just distorting the size of my biceps to make them look smaller. It is that weird zoom filter that they, that added. must be it. That yeah, must be it. it. Picks down your muscle mass. So second row, you've mm-hmm. got the, the Trader Joe's face down, ass up the Trader <laughs> Joe's lentils. Yes, it is. Ding, <laughs> ding, ding. Those are the French lentils, the prepared French that. lentils. It's a very really good throw it into salads, throw it into anything. Exactly. I throw them on salads on an East Coast hoagie. Yep. You've got vegan buffalo dip, which sounds, yeah, I don't know. It's incredible. The Trader Joe's vegan buffalo dip. I'm not I'm not afraid to eat vegan food. I'm a total meat eater. But I will say the vegan buffalo dip. It's like a cauliflower dip. Mm. It is so damn good. It's so tangy. I highly recommend it. If you haven't had it, go go run out and try it out. See, that's the problem with the word vegan. It's so loaded, but it's like, yeah. no, it's just, it's a, it's a cauliflower dip. That's it. It's a spicy buffalo. Tastes like, you know, a chicken wing. Okay. More pickles, more jars, more jars, more pickles. Yeah. Lots of pickles. Also, that's because I had all this leftover pickle juice and I like shoved a bunch of vegetables in it to, to pickle those with the leftover pickle juice. Oh, to repickle. Yeah, to repickle. The old repickle move. Yeah, I felt I felt bad pouring out perfectly good pickle juice. It's good to drink it too. It's like a yeah. full of probiotics and all that stuff. All that stuff the kids love. They love them. So now we have a salad dressing, the cilantro Trader Joe's salad dressing. It's really good. It is. However, there's no salad in your fridge. That's because I was away. I got back from the trip. Wait, which trip? The Santa Inez trip? That was Christmas. No, no, no. That was a different trip. I was yeah. uh, I was up recently in Vancouver and I was away for a week. So I had like, before I left, I'd thrown anything in my fridge out that didn't need to be there. Okay. And so like all I've got in there is some green onions and some <laughs> a couple sad carrots. But usually I have like 
bags of lettuce or spinach or even some of the like pre-mix, like the just mix them up salads for like a quick salad on the go. Okay. Now the booze, the booze section. Yeah. You've got a, what looks like I'm imagining a white wine, a sparkling wine, a rosé. Okay. I have a bottle of rosé. I have a bottle of spike sparkling cider from... Mm from France, like a mm. Northern Norman or Brittany like cider, very, very tasty stuff. Mm-hmm. And a bottle of California red, a light red that's chillable. Mm-hmm. So that one's from Mendocino County in California, which makes some really, really good light reds that you can chill and enjoy anywhere. Do you know what the name of the wine is? That one? No, I generally like stuff from Mendocino. So when I see something at uh, my favorite natural wine store, I just kind of grab to try different things. And then I'll usually take notes in Vivino or something like that. I haven't had this one yet. Yeah, I'm a Vivino nut. I'm addicted to Vivino. It's great. And uh, whenever I have guests come over for dinner and they bring wine, you know the first thing I'm doing once that door closes, once they leave. Oh, yeah. The shit out of those wine gifts. Absolutely. And you want to see how much they are. If you don't come correct with a 4.0 or above. Oh, my God. That is. Yeah. Wow. That's fair. You're not getting no invited back. Don't try and re-gift the shitty bottle of wine you got from, you know, a coworker. Don't try and re-gift no. that to a dinner party. You bring something I want, good. I don't want your J-Lore. I don't need your J-Lore. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I want a wine that I've never heard of before that is obscurely bought, that has a story behind it. I don't want something that I can get at a CVS. I want to know the winemaker's name. I want to know his where his you know his grandparents, what they're about. I want to taste their money. I want them to write on the bottle not how many acres it's on, how many hectares. Oh, hectares. I want hectares. Oh, shit. Yeah. I don't even know what how much a, a hectare is. I don't think anyone does. No, no clue. That, is it more that, than an acre? Or less. Nobody knows. It might be one football field. It might be the size of California. I have no idea what a hectare is. No idea. It could be like a foot to a meter for all we know. By the way, also no one knows what a meter is. Uh, Canadians do. Before we get out of your fridge. So there's this mystery Tupperware on the second row. A black black hole of Tupperware. Okay. Yep. I'm guessing housed a roast chicken of some sort. Uh, that's my guess. I don't the, know. The white Tupperware has the leftovers of a vegan kale Caesar that okay. is too old and shouldn't be in there because that was a while ago. And then the black one? Oh, the black one is a cooked chicken breast that is also from that same era as that other one. Mm. So that one should have been taken care of. Sadly for you, Christian, I just started rating fridges. Oh, fuck. And since the ratings have started, this is definitely going to be the lowest one. I haven't. Dan, you're not. You're not. Wait, there's more to it, though. There's like, okay, the top left, that weird bin that's filled Um, with film, like rolls of film because I'm a camera nut. This is not helping your case. Oh, shit. Yeah, but you got to It takes up space. You know, well, there's still a lot of space clearly in my fridge. But on the do you do do you not count the door? Is the door not part of it? I mean, I can count the door. I can count the door. You know, I've got more pickles, (laughs) maple syrup, because every Canadian needs to have maple syrup. I've got grass fed butter. I've got I'm looking at the picture. QP mayo. Very important. Yeah. Various hot sauces. Everyone's doing the QP now. Everyone loves the QP. Better than bouillon. I've got like 
three different types of jars of better than bouillon, which is the best like handy thing to have in your pantry. Okay. I tell me about the better than bouillon. If you need some, you know, chicken broth or beef broth uh, for a dish, like if you're making a risotto or some sort of sauce that requires it, mm-hmm. instead of buying those annoying big fucking cartons that you're carrying around full yeah. of broth, you don't need to do that. You just get this little jar of like paste. It's like chicken bouillon paste or beef paste. And you take a little teaspoon, you add it to boiling water, and boom, you've got the most rich and delicious, no chalky, no like dusty residue in the bottom like you get from a cube of bouillon. Mm. And it's not like that big ass carton. And it's always in your fridge. And that little jar lasts for so many uses. Wow, you're you're a real bouillon head. Hell yeah. I need to use bouillon on so many dishes. I, I'm a foodie. I cook a lot. And I know my fridge doesn't reflect that right now, but I will say that it's clean. My fridge is clean and orderly. I'll give you that. It is clean. It is. So ordered. I should have some points for that. I'm going to give you some points on your little butter section here. You've got like four different kinds of butter. Yes, I do. I've got some French butter with sea salt, like a really like high-end butter. I've got a couple... What is it? Killarney, that Irish company that does grass-fed butter. Kerrygold? Salted. Oh, yeah. Kerrygold. That's it. Not Killarney. Kerrygold. Mm-hmm. And I also have some Parmesan in there because you always have to have Parmesan on hand. You're like, uh, I need to watch my cholesterol with the egg whites, <laughs> but I have a museum of different butters. <laughs> I And you know what? Since these are probably old butters because I barely use them anymore because I'm not cooking. I'm only cooking with the olive oil. Yeah. My doctor was even like, don't use coconut oil. Don't use avocado oil. Those are bad for your cholesterol, despite what people think. No, olive oil is the way to go. I'm a huge, huge olive oil guy. I've got liquid death in there. I've got La Croix. (laughs) I've got Modelo. I've got Pocari sweat, which is if anybody follows me on Instagram, they know I'm always posting about Pocari sweat, which is this Japanese electrolyte drink that I'm addicted to. Wait, what is it? Pocari? Pocari sweat. P-O-C-A-R-I sweat. It's basically like a a salty lemon lime Gatorade. It's not even that salty. It's just, I think I have a a, in my mind that it's going to taste a little salty because it's called sweat, Pokari sweat. But it's like, you know, it's their Gatorade over in Japan. And you see it all across Asia. I mean, how the word sweat got past whatever... Uh, it was like one of those like lost in translations. They're just like, let's use sporty words. And they're looking up sporty words and like sweat. Sweat is sporty. And they went with that, not thinking that it might dissuade some people from drinking it, but not this guy. Also, no. great hangover cure, Pokari sweat. Oh, I bet. I mean, lately I've been, uh, my hangover cure has been uh, Vichy Catalan, which is a which oh. is sparkling water from Spain that is very full of electrolytes, more electrolytes. It's like from some weird geyser and it tastes like sulfur and, and it's great for hangovers. <laughs> Amazing. That is the bougiest, snobbiest hangover drink I've ever heard of. 100%. I had this imported from Catalan. It's a region of Spain that wants to uh, secede and they make the greatest hangover cures. Yes, but before they secede, they better get that water situation straight because I need my Vichy <laughs> Catalan. All right, Vichy Catalan. It sounds so bougie. It is so bougie. And the reason I got into it was because I had a guest on the show who's a water sommelier and he turned. Oh, shit. Okay. It gets more pretentious. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just stick to La Croix and call it La Croix, not La Croix, because that's bullshit. Okay. I know the river's called the La Croix River and that it's the company calls it La Croix themselves. But come on, that's a French word. 
from like French fur trappers or something like that, yeah. French settlers, and it was La Croix. I'm going with it. Well, I want to get into California wine country because it's one of my favorite parts yeah. of I just I, I was there a couple nights ago. So and yeah. I feel like you're into it because you went to Santa Inez for Christmas. It's my favorite escape from Same. this city. Wow, we have a lot in common. We have oh, a shit. lot in common, Christian. But Whalen Brothers Winery right here. Best winery. Interesting. I don't know them. You have their hat. Are you, I are, do. Are you getting paid for this plug? I am not getting paid for this plug. We need Whalen Brothers. I will accept free wine from Whalen Brothers. I want some free wine yeah. now, too. We're giving you a platform. But uh, I feel like... Uh, wait, where was I going with this? I had a good place that I was going. What were we just talking about? Oh, La Croix. So they say on their website, you should pronounce it LaCroix, but you're right. It's a fucking French word. Who are you, water company, to tell me how to pronounce it? And I feel that way about there's that wine region that is uh, Palos, not Palos Verdes. Uh, Paso Robles. Paso Robles. Paso Robles. Paso if, Robles. If you go up to Paso Robles, there's a bunch of people who are like, no, it's called Paso Robles. I'm like, I say Robles? Fuck you with your Robles. No, no, get out of here with your Robles. Robles. It's bad enough that we say Las Feliz in, yes. in Los Angeles. Uh, it should be Los Feliz, right? Yeah, Los Feliz. And we're like, no, it's Los Feliz, man. It's Los Feliz. It's Los Feliz. Paso Robles is the grossest. That's so gross. That makes me want to vomit. (laughs) It's so disgusting. It's terrible. Okay, so as a Canadian, I remember I went into Toronto. I had a show in Toronto once. And afterwards, I went to a burger joint. And they were like, this is the best burger in Toronto. And I was like... Was this recent? This was years ago. And maybe this law has changed. But I was like, can I get my burger medium rare? And they're like, nope, it's illegal. We have to serve everything well done. Were they just being lazy? No, I think they were, they were like, and the people that I was with were lived in Canada and they said, yeah, it's a, it's a weird, it's a law here. I have heard this before. I have heard of this. It was, it was it a fast food place or was it a restaurant? It was a restaurant. Okay. Because a restaurant can do medium rare burgers, but if it's a fast food place, maybe not. You know, it might have been like a sort of a fancier fast food place. Is it Burgers Priest? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they probably have to, due to liability or something, like cook the hell out of that stuff. Or maybe just they're just too lazy to do a customized order because they're always rammed with people. But I have heard something similar. But if you go to a good restaurant um, or there's this place in Toronto on the Danforth, uh, I won't name them because the story doesn't end well, but years ago I went on a date and we went to this, this place that had a famous burger where they like, we have the best freshest meat. We grind it in house. And this way we can make sure that your burger is medium rare and mm-hmm. you won't, you know, you don't have to worry about getting sick or anything like that. So my date and I were both like, okay, this place is famous for its burgers. Let's, let's try this medium rare you know, chewy ass burger. Yeah. And uh, cause I don't like my burgers medium rare unless the meat is really good. Cause okay. I'll, I'll fuck with a steak tartare any day of the week. So I yeah. can't be, you know, can't be talking shit on a medium rare steak, but so I, we both had it and then we went for a walk and we were sitting on a park bench overlooking the city and we shared a kiss and, you know, it was a great night. And, um, and you know, it was a first date, didn't go home with each other. We both went our separate ways and then in the middle of the night, I woke up in full sweats and had to evacuate my body horrifically. Oh, boy. And I was a mess for a couple of days. And the, that next day, I texted her and I was like, hey, um, quick question. Did you have any gastrointestinal uh, uh, GI issues? And she was like, oh, my God, I've been dying ever since we had that burger. I was like, Holy oh, cow. my God. 
that wow. motherfucking burger. And then ever since then, I can't really eat a medium rare burger. Wow. Because it's just like, takes me back. And what happened to the girl? I feel like that's the end of the date. When you're like, you know what? Dust in the wind, bro. Dust in the wind. That was the burgers trying to tell you something. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> this is not going to work out. And the, the shame was the burger was really tasty. It was really good. Yeah, I just love the fact that the the menu was bragging about how fresh their burgers are and how they can serve it at like medium rare. And then, of course, that happened. You know, it's funny. You bring up a steak tartare in uh, your fair country, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but in Quebec, which I don't know if you know this, very different from Ottawa. Ottawa or Ontario. God damn it. Did I fuck Ottawa is our capital, Dan. That's a city. (laughs) It's a crappy city. That's in Ontario, but it's near Quebec and it's near Montreal, but you fucked it up. Hold on. I'm not this ignorant. Okay. Uh, You sound very American right now. (laughs) Americans don't know Canadian geography and I don't blame them. We're boring up there. Why? I don't know the geography that well, but I know, uh, I know. Okay. I'm going to go on out on a limb and say, I know more about Canada than the average American. It doesn't sound like it from this chat. Okay. I've actually been to Ottawa, which is why I, I, I apologize for fucking that up to, hey, to all of my Ottawaese. I think they're Ottawats, Ottawonians. Ottawonians. I, I have been to Ottawa. Yes, it is a shit town. It's like an oil, like there's a lot of oil stuff that goes on there. No, that's Alberta. That's like Calgary Alberta. or Edmonton. Right, right, right. Okay, right. this is not working out for you at all, Dan. <laughs> Ottawa is our capital. Oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Where our parliament is. Different. Justin Trudeau's hanging out up there. Wait, what? I went to a town that was, was it Calgary? I don't think it was Calgary. Calgary think... is big into oil. Okay. What about? And same with Edmonton. No, I don't know. I was in Canada is what I'm trying to say. What side of the country were you on? It was in the middle. Yeah, that's Calgary. Or yeah. I remember going to Calgary. I had a show in Calgary, and then I went skiing in Banff. In Banff. Yeah, that makes sense. By Lake Louise. Yeah, Lake Louise. You don't have to put a weird pronunciation on those. Those are just Banff and Lake Louise. Black Lily. But here's the thing. I've had very, very amazing uh, food experiences in your country. Mind you, I know it's very regional, just like it is in America. Sure. Uh, I will say I had a horse tartare in Montreal. They're fine with taking the you horse. Can, you can get a horse tartare in Toronto as well. Oh, really? Yeah, at the Black Hoof. I don't know if the Black Hoof is still open. It might be, but it's a very yeah. good meat-centric with a restaurant. Name Black Hoof. We'll leave better. with meat sweats from the Black Hoof, for sure. My favorite restaurant in North America is in Canada. Au Pied de Cochon. In Pied de the- Cochon. Yeah, I've eaten there in Montreal. Fantastic. I'm actually heading to Montreal this weekend, so maybe I'll have to wind up at Joe Beef or, or Pied de Cochon. I always say that Montreal's food... Montreal's food is some of the most interesting food in North America because you have the lumberjack Canadian mm-hmm. folded in with the refined French. Yeah. And so you get like a very cool fusion of food there. Yeah, it's very heavy. It's very rich. Um, and if you're into that, it's amazing because you need to like survive winters. The winters in Quebec are like insanely harsh. Yeah. And so if you're going to do that, you need to have like a good winter layer on you of warmth and so you eat this rich food to keep you warm their their culture is so vibrant and so it, they're lumberjacky they're like backwoods lumberjacky frenchmen yeah throughout history who have really adapted to the landscape and uh their cuisine reflects that but i will say it is very very heavy dense cuisine whereas you can get more variety of stuff elsewhere like pierre cochon is like the type of place where they'll put foie gras on everything and mm-hmm. like I went there for uh, a bachelor party and we were eating a meal there 
all of us. And we were just like, God damn, there's walk around everything. Let's just order some salads so that we can get some greens and help push the foie gras through our bodies. And um, we ordered two you know, salads for the table and they came with clumps of cold foie gras in the salad. And it was just like, ah, like, I think we left a lot of foie gras on in the dishes because we ate around it because we're like it's too much we're gonna have heart attacks yeah i think the chef must have been like molested by a goose when he was younger (laughs) and was just like this will not stand well that is a quebec rite of passage so it's a tradition when you turn 13 something like that happened and then on the west side i've had very cool fish candies like maple candied salmon sure so delicious it's like a sweet turkey. Yeah. I mean, the the sushi you get in Vancouver is amazing. Better than LA. Shots fired. I know. Shots fired. But like, I don't know, maybe the water's colder or there's less crap or it doesn't have to travel as far. I'm not sure. I don't know what it is, but Vancouver has just insanely good uh, sushi. And mm-hmm. they, you know, these are two cities that both have a very large Japanese population that lives in them. So that that obviously ha- influences the the sushi culture. But I think it's just the freshness of the fish that they get in Vancouver doesn't have to travel as far. Here's the thing. It's probably closer to Tokyo. And a lot of these like super high-end places will fly the stuff in from Tokyo. Right. Maybe they get it in quicker or they can get it more often. I don't know Uh, what it is. Maybe it's just, it's not hot as balls in Vancouver. It's usually like nice and cool. And like sometimes like, really hot when when it's really hot in LA I don't want to eat raw fish because I just picture it's been like warming up in the <laughs> in the dry desert air throughout the day I don't know well yeah because that's what the sushi restaurants in LA do they take their they just leave it, it open yeah yeah <laughs> I I will have to say though of all the cities I've lived in and I've I've lived in some amazing cities for food my favorite is still Toronto that's still the best food city I've ever, I've ever lived in Really? Yeah, surprisingly. Oh, and it no. surprises a lot of people. And it's even surprises me to say that. But people in Montreal will be like, that's such bullshit. But it's it's true. It's the fourth largest city in North America. It has a massive amount of multiculturalism. So you just get the most amount of different types of people in the world living in one city. So you get this amazing rich food culture that has all this fusion going on, but also you can get traditional food from people from the different neighborhoods that you go to and mm. You know, there's stuff that I crave that I cannot find in LA that is plentiful in Toronto. And I miss it so much like Jamaican and like Trinidadian cuisine, like Caribbean cuisine and good Indian food and like Pakistani and Sri Lankan food. You can't get that in LA. It's like so hard to find. It's weird to me that LA, which is so multicultural, has some Mm -hmm. huge like blind spots like i do totally. think indian food is a complete blind spot in this town and i don't know why like it makes no sense to me and yeah yeah like and like caribbean food i don't think there's much of that going on here either and it, they're both so good i love that you are a drinker and that you are you have no shame around your drinking <laughs> uh so many people i have on the podcast are like oh when i've been drinking too much like there's a shame around it and i am very pro alcohol mm-hmm. i think it's a very fun liquid it mm-hmm. makes me happy yeah drink it yeah Uh, makes me more fun it makes me comfortable in my own skin it makes me the best version of me that there is (laughs) i hope you're drunk right now (laughs) i'm hammered okay great i thought so yeah i I mean the saying that i always heard what is it it's better to be a good liver than to have one that's hilarious no doctor would agree with you and as i get older i obviously (laughs) i drink in in moderation now i don't i'm not like getting drunk all the time i don't like being out of control drunk but i i like my liquor cabinet in the background there that that whole locker is like different wines and whiskeys and you know gins and weird alcohol that i've collected from my travels 
Yeah, um, uh, just for you guys listening, it looks like Christian has a like a like a big safe. Yeah, it's like a power tools locker that a friend of mine that I bought off a friend of mine, and it has made it from apartment to apartment. But it's got like glassware. It's all it's like my my bar basically. Yeah, yeah. So it's got all different types of like wine glasses for different types of wines. Like I get that nerdy about it, and then I've got all my wine that. stocked in there and like whiskeys and bourbons and stuff like that. Yeah, wine is I nerd out on wine hard. Yeah, I same. love it so much. Is ice wine a Canadian thing? Is that something you guys have given the world? What is ice wine? I don't really know what it is. Ice wine is created enough that it can be exported. Nobody really drinks it in Canada. It's like one of those kind of duty free gifts that you pass on to people, unless you go to a good winery that has good ice wine. So one reason why I'm such a wine nerd is because I spent years going to uh, the Niagara wine region in Ontario, which is about an hour, hour and a half outside of Toronto, depending on traffic. And I used to go twice a year with friends and we would spend a weekend there going to all the different wineries. Now people think, wineries in Canada. That sounds insane. But the thing is, the reason why we have Niagara Falls is this massive, you know, uh, escarpment that is created in the land as you go from one great lake to another. So Lake Erie goes down the Niagara River, flows into Lake Ontario, and in the between them is Niagara Falls. And that, you know, huge cliff essentially wraps all the way around the land for a good chunk of area. And traditionally, that creates a microclimate that's perfect for growing fruit and, as they've discovered over the years, grapes. And this amazing little wine region has popped up Hmm. that does amazing wines. Now, they're not great heavy full-bodied reds because we don't get really hot, long summers, and it's very humid, but our whites are really crisp and good. Like The Rieslings that are grown in Niagara, I think, are better than the ones in Germany. And I've I've traveled to Germany. I've had lots of... I used to live in Germany, and I've had lots of Riesling over there, and I, I prefer the Riesling in Ontario. And people like really laugh at that because they're like, what the hell is with this wine in Ontario? Like, there's no way it's going to be good. But we can do lighter reds like Cab Francs and um, Pinot Noir. But the ice wine is when you leave the grapes on the vines too long into the first or couple, like first freeze of the season or second Mm -hmm. freeze. Like Mm -hmm. every other type of wine that you're trying to make, you want to get them off the vine at the right time when they're at the right sweetness and they're not too sweet. And before that that first freeze comes in the fall. Ice wine is kind of the opposite. You leave the grapes on for a super long time. The grapes have been on there too long. They've become super sweet. You know, they've had a few freezes or a couple nights that have dipped below uh, the freezing temperature. And so then they pick them and then they make wine out of it and becomes a very thick, syrupy, sweet dessert wine that you would keep in your freezer. And it lasts for a long time. You can like just pop it out and have just like a little little tiny mini glass of it. It's not something that you want to drink a lot of. It's like a dessert wine. You know, I'm very bullish on that region as well. The Rieslings and Cab Francs from the Finger Lakes in Mm -hmm. upstate New York, they're like on a world stage now, which is so crazy. I mean, the sad part of it is is that some of it has to do with global warming and just changing wine regions. Some of the best sparkling wines now are coming out of England, like, and they're like champagne. (laughs) Well, absolutely. And I'm not a big champagne fan. I prefer like Cremant or something, you know, like from Burgundy, where it's like, you're going to pay a third of the price, but you're going to get really good quality bubbles. Yeah. I I think just the prices in champagne are kind of because of just... It's it's insane. It's 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 kind of just I don't know. Old world world wines will just do that because of name and history and all that stuff. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm a nerd about wine, but you're right. Like these regions in North America are getting attention because of 
you know, the changing climate that we have, but also the shame is not a lot of people get to try them because they're not big enough regions that can export a lot right. of product. They kind of keep it within, you know, you have to go to the wineries and buy it, or uh, there might be minimal export. But like you said, like these wines are winning awards all over the world. And I do have a ton of California. Pro- I feel like the wines in Central Coast, the wines in Oregon, I am so bullish on. I was just there in Willamette mm-hmm. Valley. There's Soder is like the sparkling Chardonnay from Soder Winery is better than fucking any champagne. I'll put it on. That's awesome. Yeah. Any champagne. They're so good. Um, I don't know. I, Just yeah. north of there in British Columbia, there's the Okanagan, which is in the middle of the Rockies. It's a whole hot, dry region in the summer. And they, again, like Niagara, just grow a ton of fruit there. And they make these great, they they can actually make really big, bold reds because it's so, the heat, it's like the valley, you know, it just traps the yeah. heat and it's dry and deserty and you get amazing wines coming out of there as well. Guys, this is what happens when alcoholics make too much money. <laughs> yeah. Ah, Pokari Sweat. The drink that sounds like a medical condition but is actually a popular Japanese sports drink. Pokari Sweat was created by the Japanese company Otsuka Pharmaceutical in 1980. The company was looking to create a sports drink that would rehydrate the body more effectively than water. They came up with a formula that included a blend of minerals and electrolytes and added a touch of sweetness to make it more palatable. Despite its odd name, Pokari Sweat... has become incredibly popular in Japan and beyond. Whether you love it or hate it, you have to admit that it's one of the most uniquely named beverages out there. Guys, do you find yourself daydreaming about traveling to far-off lands, indulging in mouth-watering dishes, and sharing stories with locals in their native tongue? Well, look no further. Because Rocket Languages is here to turn your gastronomic and linguistic dreams into a reality. To the moon! Because it's a rocket. Rocket Languages serves up a comprehensive and engaging learning experience that covers all aspects of language learning. From reading and writing to speaking and listening. With interactive lessons and a buffet of learning tools, you will be immersed in a complete language learning journey. I actually checked out Rocket Language, guys. I don't know if you know this about me, but humble brag, I speak four languages. So I had a good gauge of whether this stuff was good. I was actually very impressed with the localisms and like the cool slang and things you could learn that you don't get in a normal textbook. You can only get it from something like Rocket Languages. A huge fan. Sign up for a free trial today and discover the joy of speaking Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, Chinese, and many more languages just like a local. Use the promo Green Eggs to get up to $200 off on any language. Again, promo Green Eggs, $200 off on any language. Visit rocketlanguages.com to get started today. Okay, let's get into the questions that I ask every guest on the show, starting with what is your earliest food memory? It goes back to when my parents were still together. They got divorced when I was four. So this no, was like an early... bummer one. This is a bummer it's not one. a bummer one. It's not a bummer one, but it's not. It's two things. I used to love liver and onions when I was a kid. I don't know why I hate it now. 
But when mm. I was a kid, I just would crave it all the time. And my mom would make that for me. I don't know why. I can't stand. I'm like, I'll take a bit of foie gras, like I said, or a bit of pate, but like, I'm not a big liver person. And the other one that I, I just remember sitting at the dining room table with the whole family together pre-divorce. And we had those big red containers of... um like North American style Chinese food where you had like the classic red dish with the chopsticks and like, you know, like American Chinese food where it's mm. chicken balls, fried rice, General Tso's chicken, you know, like the cheesy dishes that are kind of created over here because they fit a North American palate. Yes. I remember that being a strong memory, those flavors that I had never had before. And I would have been three or four with that memory. Like that's a young age yeah. to imprint all that. But I love, I love Chinese food, quote unquote Chinese food because of that, I think. Very cool. What is your death row meal? So let's think of a reason mm -hmm. you're on death row. You're talking to uh, an American comedian yep. and he keeps fucking up what city is where in Canada. You can't take it anymore. You can't. grab bottle of ice wine crack him over the head with it i probably would take the bottom i would smash the bottom off of the ice wine first yeah and then i would stab him in the gut with it with the sharp end right and let it drain into him because at least he'll get drunk a little bit as he goes out like he'll start to feel it oh that's generous of you yeah because i am canadian i'm not a total monster canadians are so polite i'll hold this mythical person this this fictional person mythical fictional. this mythological comedian uh i'll hold this person till till he dies he she they doesn't matter my death row meal would be a steak probably cooked in a skillet as opposed to grilled with all the fixings and a really good bottle of wine and then all the desserts following that like all the steakhouse desserts i would yeah. probably be like a traditional steakhouse meal steak is the number one uh, most requested death row meal on the podcast is it really yeah, everyone goes steak. So do I. I mean, who who doesn't want a steak? I think the flavor combination of steak with red wine, I think that's my favorite flavor combination in the world. I can't think of a better mix. Do you have a favorite steakhouse? I don't have a favorite steakhouse in LA because I haven't gone out for enough steaks. I, I will make steaks with friends, like I'll either barbecue, but I, I prefer, like I said, pan-seared, like a really good crusty pan seared medium rare steak in the pan but i don't know what are the good steakhouses here i i'm not and sure there aren't that many good ones i went to the hitching post this past weekend oh no way yeah in santa inez in buellton yeah and i'd been there before but this meal was awesome and uh that's the sideways restaurant that's the sideways one and my my buddy who was visiting me from connecticut he was my old roommate and best friend from i went to military school for high school in the u.s and he was my roommate at military school couple times. And so he flew out. He's never really experienced California. And I was like, buddy, I'm taking you to Santa Inez. He loves wine. And he's like, we're going to Hitching Post. I'm like, all right, let's do it. And we had the best meal. It was so good. Um, we got like steaks with quail on the side. They do a grilled quail that is like, and someone at a winery had told us to get the quail with the steaks. And we're like, well, we, we would never think of getting that, but it was so good. And they do them all on the grill. So it's like mm -hmm. very charcoal-y, like smoky. But that quail, man, they somehow like deboned it except for the wings. Oh, but you cool. just, it just, and it was so good. Oh my God. I've never really been into quail or small game birds before, but small birds are like my favorite thing to eat. I mean, you got to try a hitching post. It's hitching post two, the second one that's in Buellton. Get, get a steak with a, a grilled quail on the side. I mean, we were going for it. What a funny side dish. <laughs> yeah. It was the weirdest side dish ever. But when someone suggested 
it to us and we're like, yeah, all right, let's do it. We're, we're on a tear tonight. Let's do it. I love it. Mm-hmm. What is the best high-end meal you've ever had? The one that came, comes to mind first and foremost is it was in Spain. It was in Girona or near Girona in Catalonia. It was on a family vacation and we went to one of those restaurants, kind of like Heston Blumenthal, where like they do like food experiments where they're like really yeah. molecular with, yeah, they're doing molecular gastronomy. It was one of those places. I can't remember the name of it for the life of me. It was kind of like El Bulli, but not quite. Hmm. And like, I just remember there was a dish that looked like it was on a soccer pitch, like with a, with a, with a goal and a ball and everything was edible. And like, it was just so fucking weird and out there. That was probably the most, and I didn't like everything that came out, but I really appreciated the artistry behind it. When I cook for people, I don't care about presentation too much. I try to make it not look like a, bunch of slop but for me it's all about what it tastes like but this meal was so insane and so out there it was like you know that region of the world gave us like gaudi the architect and uh dali the surrealist and picasso and like this food was right in line with the creativity of that landscape of the people that come out of there it was it was mind-blowing. I Very cool. wish I could remember the name of it. Yeah, next time, do a little research before you get on the podcast. Hey, everyone, just so you know, there's an amazing restaurant in Spain somewhere. You'll never find it. Actually, <laughs> I think someone told me it closed down, so it doesn't matter. Maybe I'm just saying that to get out of it. I don't know. We'll never know. <laughs> He's just making it up. Yeah. What's the best low-end meal you've ever had? This could be like a street taco, a hot dog, whatever. There's a Jamaican place that used to be at the end of my block in Toronto, the last place I lived in. It's a small chain in Toronto called uh, Jerk King, which is great. It's like Burger King, but Jerk King. But also it just looks like jerking, which um, jerking with two Ks, which I just get a kick out of. And it's not that it's a low-end meal. It's that it's a cheap meal and you can get so much food you get the rice and peas uh which is rice and kidney beans but it's called rice and peas you get like really incredible jerk pork or jerk chicken you get curries there you get rotis there which is like the jamaican style of a burrito uh influenced by east indian uh cuisine in in the caribbean you can get so much food at this place for so cheap and that kind of ties into my best my favorite drunk food Mm. Um, but like, even, even if you just want rice and peas with curried chickpeas on top and hot sauce, that'll blow your mind away. You get that. And, um, potatoes that have been soaking in curry juices for a while. And they're just like, they just fall apart. Jerking. My mouth is watering so much jerking. Jerking. Yeah. Description yeah. of all that food makes me want to jerk. My mouth is. Yeah. Well, I I'm currently doing that. It's zoom. You can, you <laughs> don't know where my hands are. There's no hand check going on. You right listeners now. have no idea what's been happening this whole. Yeah. I've been pantsless this whole time. <laughs> Uh, what is your favorite drunk food? Uh, probably jerking. Yeah. Which I can't get here. I discovered it for years. I avoided that place because it looked like a scary hole in the wall that I was like, I don't know, that looks like food poisoning all over it. And finally, one night, like drunkenly, I got, I was going home. This is in Toronto and like, it's got to be like 10 years ago or eight years ago. And it was like three in the morning. It was way after last call. Everything was closed, but jerking was open. And I was like, oh, fuck, I don't care. I just get to go in. And I ordered, and they have amazing fried chicken as well. Amazing jerk chicken, amazing fried chicken. I'm looking at it now. It looks unbelievable. It's so good. And I got like a huge styrofoam container. Yeah. And they'll pour on the spicy gravy sauce on it as well. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's drunk food. It's it's fill you up food. It's like you want to work all day. 
eat that or whatever. But that was after I just angrily drunkenly <laughs> found that place. That was like my go-to favorite meal for a long time. And uh, I miss that. I don't really have a drunk food here. Nothing's open late in LA except for maybe taco trucks. If you've got one near you. Now it's the next day. Favorite mm-hmm. hangover cure. Is it the uh, sweat? What is it? Paco sweat? Paco sweat. <laughs> That's like the cologne Paco Roban mixed with sweat. That's just what a sweaty person wearing Paco Roban is called Paco Sweat. Which uh, licking that man is a good hangover cure. Absolutely. You replenish all those salts and electrolytes off of his chest. Pocari Sweat is definitely a good hangover cure if you want it in liquid form. Shout out to Pocari Sweat. <sighs> Depends on the situation. Mm. If you are hungover and you're coming back from like Northern Ontario from a cottage and you're driving back to Toronto, you go to Tim Hortons. That's the only time I'll go to the coffee chain Tim Hortons and just get like their terrible coffee, but you have to have it with cream and sugar. Some people have double cream, double sugar called a double double. And then you get like a breakfast sandwich and a donut and you're good to go. It's like the most Canadian answer. And it's owned by by Burger King now, though. That's true. So, yeah. America. I thought it was Wendy's, but it might be Burger King. I can't remember. BK. It's American owned now. America. And sometimes like a dirty dicks, a dirty dicks the next morning is great. What the fuck is dirty dicks? Just McDonald's. McDicks. Dirty dicks. Oh, you call it dirty dicks? Yeah. Dirty dicks or McDicks. Wait, where did dirty dicks Oh, because of Donald's dicks? Yeah, I guess I guess McDonald's, Donald's dicks, McDicks. We definitely you know, called it dicks or dirty dicks. Get a dirty dicks. Uh, I'm feeling a sensation right now that I have to share. During the first Iraq invasion, mm-hmm. <laughs> first Iraq war, you know, I was very, very anti-George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. But I remember going to France and I was talking to someone and they were shitting on George W. Bush. And I was so offended. I was like, hey, fuck you. All right. You can't shit on George W. Bush. I can. Yeah. That's how I feel about a Canadian calling my golden arches mm-hmm. 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 dirty dicks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. Yeah. It might taste worse than dirty dicks sometimes, but those <laughs> are my dirty dicks. And all dirty dicks can taste good around the world, no matter what dirty dicks you're buying your burgers from. I really like maybe once or twice a year, I'll eat at McDonald's. I, I don't really go for that. That's becoming the new, like, oh, I have a black friend. The, oh I, my I, god! I <laughs> no, you know why? I live. I, do, I eat fast food once or twice a year. No, yeah. I eat fast food more than that. But if I'm going to do it, which is not all the time, like because I do love a burger, but like I said, can't eat too much red meat anymore. I, I like yeah. limit it. If I'm gonna like use my expenditure of red meat, my allotment, I'm gonna go to Burgers Never Say Die and get mm. a burger there. Mm. Uh, because that's the best damn burger in LA. That smash burger is killer. And then the that. fries, you still haven't had it? No, I know. I know. The fries are fried in beef tallow. They're basically hmm. doing what McDonald's did when they first came around, but they're Old doing school. it like really, really well. Love it. Yeah. So that's, yeah. yeah, that's hangover food for me. I do love eggs or corned beef and hash. I love corned beef and hash. I had that the other day in Solvang when we woke up after our crazy night out in wine country. We went to a little diner and I was going to get pancakes, but I saw corned beef and hash on the menu. And I was like, oh, I'm getting that. That's going to cure me right now. Yeah, that's cool. With some eggs. That one, that meal took me right back to military school because the food was terrible there. But I did love when they had corned beef and hash in these big trays. And like all the cadets were just like eating it like crazy off of bagels. 
So good. Wait, so you were, is this Canadian military school? No, this was American military school. This was outside of Philadelphia, Valley Forge Military Academy. Well, I guess, okay, I take it back. You're allowed to say dirty dicks. Thank you. Thank you. You've earned your right. Excellent. Love it. Who's your favorite celebrity food personality? Anthony Bourdain. I'm a big traveler. I am a big fan. He's, yes, he's rough around the edges. He's also controversial in places, but uh, I loved his show. I miss him sorely. And uh, I, I just love that he always fought for the underdog and just always tried to connect people, no matter what their political background, through food. And I think that's yeah. our kind of a smart way through it for all of us. 100%. Desert Island food. Trapped on a desert island. One food you're going to eat for the rest of your life. You will never get tired of it. Probably pizza. Mm. If we're if we're not thinking of like what it's going to do long term to my body, it's just you get this one food and this is what you're eating. I love pizza. I love high-end pizza. I love shitty pizza. Mm. I love cold pizza. I love frozen pizza. I, I mean, there are bad ones out there that I avoid, but for the most part, I love pizza. You're like the Forrest Gump of pizza. I'm the Forrest Gump. Cold pizza, hot pizza, <laughs> Napolitano pizza. You know, I like how you connected Castaway to Forrest Gump to my food, my desert island food. I appreciate that. <laughs> what food can't you stand eating? Scallops. Really? Scallops. Fuck scallops. Whoa. That's not what I thought I was going to hear from you. I had a bad run in with scallops. And it wasn't one where I was on the toilet or throwing up or something like that. Uh, this goes back to childhood. My stepfather, uh, rest in peace, died a couple of years ago. Loved him. He was the best. He was so cheap sometimes, uh, very Scottish background. And there was like six of us in our family at one point to that we had to feed. So he would buy cheap food that was like just going off a little bit, but was like reduced in price. And he got a bag of scallops, which if you're going to buy anything that's a little bit off, don't choose anything seafood or fish. But he got this like slimy bag of scallops. Oh, boy. And we weren't a fish and seafood household because Toronto's kind of landlocked and it's not going to get the freshest stuff. And he didn't really know how to cook them. He's not like pan searing them or anything like that. He he boiled the scallops and then we all at dinner got these bowls of scallops and they smelled so bad. Oh God. I'm going to throw up just thinking about it. Yeah. And my sister and I refused to eat them. Everybody else ate theirs, but my sister and I refused. And we're like, no way, no way. And he's like, fine, you're going to sit there until you eat them. We sat there all night, these you know bowls of scallops in front of us and like for hours. And then finally he's like, fine, you, you go to bed then. We're like, okay, we went to bed, got up the next morning, came down for breakfast and what gets put down in front of my sister and I, but these microwaved steaming bowls of scallops that are still in the same bowls. And he's like, you're going to eat these scallops for breakfast. And we're hungry at this point. And we just refuse. Like they're even worse now. Of course they're worse now. And they've been microwaved. Like what is going on? This is terrible. And uh, he was so incensed that he spent his good money on these scallops and we refused to eat them. And then finally, after a while, my mother was like, Jesus Christ, Ian, just let them eat something. They need to fucking eat something. (laughs) And they had like a little quick fight and we won and we got breakfast. But ever since then, I have not liked a scallop. Not if you pan sear it and wrap it in bacon. Not if you, I don't know what else you do. Not a raw one. Like I just can't do scallops. I've tried. I've tried them. And so many people are like, I can make scallops that you'll love. Nope. No, you can't. Because everybody's tried. It's not happening. Fuck scallops. Wow. Okay. Yeah, there you go. I feel like you need to be a little more understanding that it was a 
specific traumatic event that happened to you. Childhood trauma. I know. I understand. You're taking it out on all scallops. I know. It would be like if I robbed you and then you were like, fuck all Iranian Jews. (laughs) These fuckers. Like, no, fuck Dan. He robbed you. Yeah, fuck Dan for robbing me. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry to all the Iranian Jewish people out there. I apologize. It was just Dan. I hated this whole time. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Dan? I do want to like scallops. That's the worst part. Yeah. Like my my uncle used to die for scallops off his property in the Bay of Fundy in New Brunswick, out in the East Coast. My family's from the East Coast. And he would literally just scuba dive off of his beach and come up with scallops and like pop open the shell and just pop them in his mouth fresh. And he wow. said that they were so good and they're briny from the water. Yeah. And I'm like, I want that. I want to try that. I want yeah like that but it's not gonna happen there's there's a a block i get it and that's okay you know i have a couple foods that i'm i should like but i don't like pickled herring i i, bring oh, I can't do it can't, can't do stand it. and i'm herring. a scandinavian as well and i cannot do yeah okay we have a lot in common uh, i want to see if we have a lot in common with my favorite question okay which is what is or are your restaurant pet peeves weird percentage things added to the bills now i do yes. not like Yes. 3% for our roofer who will be yeah. changing the roof. I, I just don't make me do weird math and guilt math when guilt I'm math. guilt math when I've had a bunch of wine and a good meal because I tip well. I'm I, yeah, I'm very much in support of servers uh, being an actor. Uh, I have been a server uh, back in university. My friends have been servers and some of them still are. So I'm like very pro service industry yeah. and I want them taken care of. But, you know, don't be a shitty employer like yeah. back, back your people up in Canada. We have health care. What is that? Period. Explain. So it's it's like you pay a bit more tax. And you get healthcare. Weird. It's it's actually pretty nice. I don't get it. And I don't understand your system down here. It's very confusing. So it's less of a worry. We don't have to get all those weird percentages on there. Just pay your people a decent wage. Like don't pay don't pay people minimum wage. I hate seeing servers who get paid minimum wage because it's expected they'll make tips. Like just pay them a decent wage and let them make tips. But like don't don't pay them the legal bare minimum. Right. Which is what minimum wage is, which is what scale is in our industry. Don't pay people the legal bare minimum. You're an asshole. Right, right, right. That's my biggest pet peeve. I just want to say to Netflix, who's listening, I'm okay no. with you pay- paying me scale on Cobra Kai. It's an honor. <laughs> Netflix, to be- I'm really happy with you. Thank you for the recruit. Really appreciate it. I'm loving We're- it. You treat hey, me so well. Thank you. Sarandos, we love you, but we both love you so yeah. much. Uh, awesome. Christian, this was such a joy. And it's always a crapshoot when I blind do a podcast yeah. I've never met before. Yeah. I didn't like I didn't even know you were a food nerd. Like this is I'm a, a total foodie. You wouldn't know it from my fridge, which you haven't given me a rating on yet, by the way. And I understand. I'm embarrassed doing it while you're here on the Oh, you're gonna do it off. Oh fuck. you'll see yeah, it. You're gonna, you're gonna eviscerate me. You're gonna you'll shred see. me. You'll see what is posted on. I will Instagram. say, in my defense. Oh, my boy. freezer is stocked great. My yeah. freezer is great. I have very good meats frozen in there so that when I want protein, I just take it out and thaw it. So I've got the protein portion of the meal. I've got some great, you know, like frozen foods that are actually decent. Sad. Christian, yeah, this sad. is mad. It's sad. This is sad. Okay, fine. God damn it. You told me take a picture of your fridge. Don't doctor anything. Yeah. You don't change listen. anything. Most people don't. And listen. I didn't. I know. I, okay. Listen. I did change one thing. 
I shifted the Pocari sweat bottle so you can see it says Pocari sweat. That's the one thing because I was just like, oh, man, everybody. I, I, I just love that I had a bottle of Pocari sweat in my fridge. I'm like, I got to represent. I got to represent Pocari sweat. I'm so fascinated by that. So uh, tell the people where they can find you. Mm-hmm. They can find me. I barely use Twitter anymore because it's a uh, burning dumpster fire. But uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Christian Brune, and they can watch me on the recruit on Netflix and, you know, just Google me. And you can see him getting drunk with me soon at a wine. Absolutely. Bar. I'm going to bring the Picari sweat so you can have it the next day. <laughs> that bottle of Picari sweat is yours. I love it. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Thanks for being on the pod. Thank you for having me. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.